Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Here is a pea-sized story for us to counterbalance the epic that was last week. I don't remember ever reading it as a child, but I did watch a musical version that my nieces were involved in, which I thought was adorable. But before we jump right in, let's start with a mindfulness breathing exercise. And I thought it relevant to select the one object, five senses exercise today. For this, you will need an object. A piece of food may be the easiest. However, if that is a trigger for you, using a food item is not at all required. First, let's focus on our breathing. Close your eyes and sit in a comfortable position. Focus on your natural breath. Don't change the rhythm, but gently coax it to slow if you're breathing a bit fast. A deep breath in, with a pause, and a deep breath out, with a pause, center on the here and now. Focus on the breath coming into your lungs, passing your heart, pausing for a moment, and exiting. Where are your hands resting? Are they on your stomach, on your lap, on the armrests of your chair? What do they feel underneath the fingertips? Where are your feet? Are they placed solidly grounded on the floor? Are they resting up with only the heel touching a surface? Sink deeper into whatever you are resting on the chair, a bed, the floor. Roll your shoulders to relax them as you breathe deeply. Now, open your eyes and pick up the object you selected. It can be as simple as a pen or your phone, an orange, a cup. Pay attention and really look at it. Describe it to yourself. The color, the texture, Is it smooth? Are there dimples? Is it a pastel color or deep and rich? Truly focus on the object. Now feel the texture that you saw with your eyes. If it's multicolored, does each color have a different texture? Is it rough or smooth? Sniff the object. How many scents does this object have? Or does it have a scent at all? Perhaps you are just smelling the air around the object. And now sometimes the object can create a sound. Try to make a sound. Tap your nails on the glass of a cup. Flick the lead of the pencil. Maybe squish and squeeze the pillow. Hear the fabric, the stuffing within. If you can eat this object, Let the taste hit your tongue and dance on the taste buds. Taste the feel of the object. If you cannot taste the object, imagine what it might taste like. Remember the smell of the eraser on the pencil 
What does that do when you think of it to your taste buds? Combine all of these sensations together as you truly observe the object for just a moment longer. And now, here's the story. There was once a prince who wanted to marry a princess, but she must be a real princess, mind you. So he traveled all around the world, seeking such a one, but everywhere something was in the way. Not that there was any lack of princesses, but he could not seem to make out whether they were real princesses. There was always something not quite satisfactory. Therefore, home he came again, quite out of spirits, for he wished so much to marry a real princess. One evening, a terrible storm came on. It thundered and lightened, and the rain poured down. Indeed, it was quite fearful. In the midst of it, there came a knock at the town gate, and the old king went out to open it. It was a princess who stood outside. But, oh dear, what a state she was in from the rain and the bad weather. The water dropped from her hair and clothes. It ran in at the tips of her shoes and out at the heels. Yet she insisted she was a real princess. Very well thought the old queen, that we shall presently see. She said nothing, but went into the bedchamber, took off all the bedding, and then laid a pea on the sacking of the bedstead. Having done this, she took twenty mattresses, and laid them upon the pea, and placed twenty eider-down beds on top of the mattresses. The princess lay upon this bed all the night. In the morning she was asked how she had slept. Oh, most miserably, she said. I scarcely closed my eyes the whole night through. I cannot think what there could have been in the bed. I lay upon something so hard that I am quite black and blue all over. It is dreadful. And now quite evident that she was a real princess, since through twenty mattresses and twenty eiderdown beds, she had felt the pea. None but a real princess could have such delicate feeling. So the prince took her for his wife for he knew that in her he had found a true princess. And the pea was preserved in the cabinet of curiosities, where it is still to be seen unless someone has stolen it. And this, mind you, is a real story. Mmm, the alternate classic ending to They Lived Happily Ever After. A promise that this indeed is a real story. Well, physics and all that aside, although I do remember a simpler occurrence for myself, so perhaps she really is just a finicky sleeper, what useful tidbit can be pulled from this story? Well, I actually really love the deeper analysis of the meaning behind these events. I think instead of focusing just on one today, I will share a few that we can mull over at our own pace. First, the most obvious, I think, is the cautionary tale of jumping to conclusions. People often judge by first impressions alone, and because of that, many stereotypes are birthed and there is hatred for the other. Here we see a woman soaking wet, say she's essentially rich or of high class, yet the old queen doubts her based on looks. Granted, a similar moral could be shared had this princess not been telling the truth, that you can't always trust the word of a stranger. Then there is the concept of proving yourself, and is it really necessary? Now, while the princess in this story was trying to actually prove her identity, which is a bit different, the characters in this story take the societal role of princess and turn it into a personality trait. You see this in Disney's renditions too, which is poked fun at a bit in Wreck-It Ralph 2 and even the live-action Enchanted. They are delicate friends of the animals, who always see the positive and are gentle with others. And while these are mostly good traits to possess, I feel that having to prove yourself negates who you actually are as a person. 
Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am a big proponent of acting respectable when I meet someone new, instead of my silly self I am with my friends. Presenting the best parts of you or the strongest societal assets is not a crime. What I mean, though, harkens back to the other tales we read in this podcast. What is the purpose of you proving yourself? Are you trying to land a new job? Are you an athlete in a competition? Or are you trying to fit in with a particular clique? Proving yourself is not the same as changing yourself for others. Pretty sure that's an original carry quote for once. And now the more symbolic morals to be found. We've actually already touched on this one, but I wanted to bring it back all on its own. The societal role of princess being a personality trait. The prince goes searching for a true princess. Sure, there are daughters of kings that he could marry, but that is not what he wants. Essentially, he's looking for someone of pure heart, a hero, if you will. As luck would have it, such a princess arrives at his doorstep. She was sensitive to the feelings of a pea. As the story puts it, none but a real princess could have such delicate feeling. What does this mean? According to kmshea.com, link in the description, it could mean that the princess is compassionate and sensitive to the needs of her people. Kitty, the author of the article in which I found this moral, states, Anderson himself said he meant for the described sensitivity to be emotionally sensitive. As she points out, how can someone so delicate as to bruise from a pea travel a great distance alone in a thunderstorm? Surely she would then be strong enough to endure a rough sleep. But it is instead the strength of her character which she shows, the determination that will complement her compassion nicely and make for a great leader of the people. Side note, a random comment I saw in the next article I'm about to share with you actually came up with a theory that the princess suffers from fibromyalgia, a dysfunction of the nerve signals to the pain centers. If this were the case, it would certainly make sense how she could seem delicate yet strong at the same time. Perhaps an alternate title for this tale could be The Princess with Fibromyalgia. Bad flare-up days could be described as having slept on a pee. Anyway, I digress. Think we've read too far into it? Get ready for the one that had my mouth fall. But first, a fun one to share with you. Some people believe that Hans Christian Andersen wrote it as a satire to portray the high class as being overly demanding and incredibly sensitive. However, as we saw from Kitty's research, that was not his intention at all. No, the cream of all metaphors, the one that feels so obvious, it was not something I had considered, was inspired by interestingliterature.com, link in the description. Quote, Perhaps the princess and the pea is meant to ridicule those people who are incapable of understanding true suffering. This would explain the exaggeration, not only the lightness of the object detected, but also the number of mattresses. Reading that and the article, it is clear the author means that the princess is being ridiculed along with the old queen and the prince. However, as we saw from Kitty, that was not Anderson's intent at all. So then what? My theory. This story is meant to poke at those who are incapable of understanding true suffering. Yes, it sounds identical to the one above, but hear me out. This is not pointing at the princess, but at us. True suffering cannot be weighed. You cannot ever know what someone else is going through. Does a crippled man in war not suffer alongside the man who is born without a leg? Does not then the man who breaks his leg temporarily not suffer? How about someone who pulls a muscle? Is that not pain? Anxiety, depression, body dysmorphia, low self-esteem, to an outsider who does not suffer, these invisible illnesses seem inconsequential. Why can't you just get over it? But to the sufferer, it is life-altering. 
Yes, the queen's idea was intended to prove a real princess. If she were not sensitive enough to notice a pea, she is a true princess. But this test was not inconsequential. The princess was bruised all over and didn't sleep a wink. She is exhausted from her journey, weary from the rain, tired from no sleep, and sore from the pea's injury. Was she really overreacting? Or are we all judging someone else's pain based off of our own experiences? Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story.